2 Timothy chapter number 3. Uh, I, I, our, our church is just an amazing, amazing church. Uh, I'm thankful for our young people and our youth ministry. And uh, see, those ladies sang up there. We went and w- I watched them play volleyball last night uh, uh, for our school team. And then uh, they went soul winning today and singing tonight and uh, seeing them involved in, in so many things. I think even a couple of them are called to preach. And so uh, uh, at least that's what Dana's been telling me. So um, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but uh, enjoy what, what the Lord is doing. And then the, the report uh, from Brother Guanguampo, I don't know if you remember him, we were over in the building. He came, and he was in, he's, he's, a, he's a national pastor from Africa, wearing his African garb. And I told him, I said, that's just a gimmick to get white people money. That's all that is. He just smiled real big, put his hand out, so it worked. But no, uh, he is doing a wonderful job over there in our missions money. I, I praise the Lord uh, for that investment uh, in that work there. And uh, did you hear the part about getting some, wanting some motorcycles to go start some churches? Now, I, I know some men who have some motorcycles, and... I just wonder how many souls could be saved if they shipped those Harleys over to, to Africa. But, you know, I'm not the Holy Spirit, so I can't, I can't impress that upon anybody. But anyway, uh, his, if, I, if I remember correctly, his family was all involved in voodoo when he got saved. And uh, so they put him out of, out of his family. And uh, if my memory serves me correctly, he was able to, to, to lead his mother to the Lord uh, later, if I remember that. And so that's, that's, that's just a remarkable story there. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, uh, we've spent so much time uh, in this chapter. We're going to stay right here in this chapter tonight. I'm going to read the entire chapter again, and then we're going to uh, focus down at the end of the chapter, talking about the scriptures tonight. And uh, so uh, I don't think I'll keep you very long this evening, but I want to focus on, on that and uh, get, uh, uh, there, pro- there, there will be other uh, lessons, Lord willing, uh, on the authority of the scriptures, the importance of the scriptures, uh, how this emerging church movement is contrary to the scriptures. And I hope over the last few weeks you, you've kept caught this, uh, there's the Holy Spirit and then there's seducing spirits. Um, there's the spirit of Christ, and there's the spirit of Antichrist. Satan has a counterfeit to everything that God has, including his word. Uh, There is God's word, and then there's everything else. Uh, Just like there's the faith once delivered to the saints, there's one faith. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. There's one word. There's one word of God. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 tonight, beginning with verse number 1. We're going to read all the way down to the end of the chapter. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. (coughs) For of this sort 
or they which creep in the houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jonas and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Keep your Bible open. Uh, right here tonight, I want to teach on uh, get into beginning into the uh, Satan's attack on Scripture. Satan's attack on Scripture. Father, help us tonight as we look into the Word of God. Help us as we uh, look at the Scripture, the importance of the Scripture, the uh, inspiration of the Scripture, the authority of the Scripture. Father, I pray that we'll be reminded tonight uh, the importance of the Word of God. We'll be reminded. Of, of the need of the Word of God in our life, but we'll also be aware of, of how Satan uh, tries to undermine your Word, how Satan tries to deceive us and get us to question the Word of God. Uh, may this be a help to us this evening. May the result uh, be us uh, being grounded even deeper into your Word. Uh, we ask that you bless our time this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. We look at this chapter, and we've spent so much time in this chapter. And just to, very quick to remind you of some things, we uh, find the beginning of the chapter, Paul reminding Timothy uh, that in these last days, perilous times shall come. And there's a whole list of things. I'll not go through them one more time because we could probably quote them by now. Uh, but so many uh, things in this list that we want to stay away from. We don't want to have anything to do with. We don't want to become like those that are in this list. But I'll remind you once again that I believe that Paul is warning that in the last days, perilous times to come, all these things will be evident, not just in the world, but in the world of religion, inside the church. We're reminded all of this happens because of verse 5, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Only the power of God can convert a man. Only the power of God can bring salvation. You can have the form, but if you have no power, you have no change. That is the Holy Spirit of God. They deny the power thereof. We're commanded to turn away. Then the scripture goes through and it reminds us of how false teaching has been here for a long time. They have corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. These that creep in the houses, these that uh, teach this other doctrine, these that would deny the power of the Holy Spirit, have the form, talk religion, talk church, talk Jesus, but deny the power thereof. We're reminded that this is going to get worse and worse. But Paul reminds him, you've known my life. 
Uh, we, 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 I, I don't know if you remember uh, several weeks ago, uh, the fully known life with the persecutions and all of those things. And uh, then he's reminded in verse number 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. It's not going to get any better. Sometimes as Christians, we're surprised at the actions of people. We're surprised by the actions of, quote-unquote, saved people, religious people. But Scripture tells us that it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse and worse as we get closer to Christ's return. But on the heels of that, in verse number 14... Paul reminds Timothy, and we we spent some time on this, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, There's much talk about why why are people leaving the the church and why are people leaving the generation, leaving independent Baptist. And and I taught on this before, and I'll just summarize in one word, because they're rebels. Uh, There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with the faith. Why are they leaving? Because they don't want the faith. They don't want God. It's very simple because we are told to continue. There's no secret. Well, 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 my pastor was me. Continue. Don't follow your pastor. Follow the word of God. Uh, and we're not as mean as you make us out. Anyway, that's a whole nother. Uh, but he says continue. First few verses, we know hard time, perilous times are going to come. Then there's a pretty extensive list that we want to stay away from. The problem he identifies is a form of godliness, but no power. He says you need to be careful because there's those that will creep in. You parallel this with Jude like we did for so many weeks. We are warned of the deceivers. We are warned of those who say one thing, but they, they, their, their goal is another he tells him, to because all through all those warnings, says it's going to get worse and worse, and he says, continue. Now, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was, was not like some who would say, now, now you, you, you want to do this, and you want to stay away from this, and you want to become this. I have no recipe for you to do that. I just know you ought to do it. And, but he comes and he concludes the chapter. He says, how are you going to continue? Continue in what? Verse 15, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Timothy, what will keep you out of verse 2, 3, and 4 is what you've been taught from a child. The Holy Scriptures. Timothy, what will keep you from being deceived from those who have a form of godliness, but they have denied, they have rejected, they have blasphemed the Holy Spirit of God. What is going to spare you is the Holy Scriptures that you've been taught from a child. See, why is it that so many get deceived? Because they don't have the foundation of the Holy Scriptures. We must hold to the Holy Scriptures. Why is it that in our Sunday school program, it's more about the teaching of the Word of God than anything else? Because it is the Holy Scriptures that will keep you out of verse 2, 3, and 4. I wish I could tell you 
that there's no uh, none who were who are ever part of an independent Baptist church that find their way into two, three, and four. But that's just not the truth. Why is that? Because they've gotten away. They did not continue in the Holy Scriptures. I am more concerned with our children being taught the Bible than anything else. I want our children in the church services. You say, well, they don't pay attention. They pay attention better than some of you pay attention. I'll just add uh, that right there. They catch more than you think they catch. Now, I don't want children to disrupt the service. And I know, parents, this isn't part of my Bible study, but let me remind you, I know sometimes it gets aggravating for you to have to keep up with your child. you got your husband you're trying to get behave on one side and, 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 and your child you're trying to get behave on the other side. I know that gets... But them being under the sound of the Scripture and learning the Word of God. I'm thankful that as a child... I, I was taught the Bible more than I learned how to color between the lines. Uh, I want them taught the scriptures. Why is it? Because evil days is, is waxing worse and worse and worse. Uh, our children are more under an onslaught of Satan than you were. That's just all there is to it. These ladies and our, and our teenagers that stood up here just a moment ago... They face things, mom and dad, you did not face as a teenager. Grandparents that you did not face as a teenager. It's not just that the world has gotten more wicked. The world has always been wicked. It's the fact that Christians have gotten more wicked. That religion uh, uh, puts a stamp of approval on that which God calls profane. And so what is going to be the saving thing? Scripture the foundation of the Word of God. Can you imagine young Timothy, chapter number 4, Paul's like, oh, it's almost over for me. And Timothy, that, 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 that young man in the faith, if you will, that disciple who followed Paul as Paul followed Christ, he's going to be left behind, and Paul says, let me encourage you, let me tell you how bad it's going to get. As he goes through all of that, he gets to the end of chapter number 3, he says, just continue. Continue in what? The scriptures. They're able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. Now Satan has attacked scripture since the beginning in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter number 3. You know the story well. I'm sure has Satan comes in the form of that serpent to Eve and his words are, yea, hath God said. He, he begins to quote scripture, and he misquotes it, begins the whole conversation, if you will, the whole religious conversation, the whole dialogue over what God has said by putting a question on what God has said. Friend, just a good rule of thumb any conversation, any book, any blog that begins with putting a question on the Scripture is, one, is a conversation you need to end immediately. It is a voice you need to turn off. It is someone you need to distance yourself from. I do not want to listen to those who would put a question mark on what God has stated. Yea, hath God said... When I get to the end of my Bible study, I'm going to read a quote from you 
from a mainstream emerging church, most of you will recognize his name, about putting a question mark on the scripture. It's almost as if they have taken a playbook from, uh, play out of the playbook of Satan and they spend their whole time talking about how the scripture is no more relevant in the day we live in. We don't even know if we have a Bible or, or I've used this one for a little while. Here's a new one coming out. Let me go get that one and, and now let me use that one for a little while and then that one we'll use that for a little while. Oh, this is the new one everybody's coming. Friend, you're not going to build a life on, on an authority that's always changing. Well, it's, it's revised. Think about that. You can revise the Word of God. You can revise Scripture. Well, absolutely not. It's, yea, hath God said. See, the attack, the, the foundation of the emerging church, you remember, is built out of rebellion. We, we don't want the last generation's church. We don't want the last generation's standard, separation, holiness. We don't want the last generation's lifestyle. We don't want that. We don't want their Bible. We don't want their God. We just want to serve Jesus. And we'll, we'll allude to that in just a little bit. We don't want any of that. It's built out of rebellion. It sounds a lot like, yea, hath God said. If the, it's, 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 it really parallels what we see going on in our country with a disregard for the Constitution of the United States. We don't want that. It's outdated. It needs to be revised. Or that, that's not what it means now. It was written for way back then. It doesn't apply now. It's the same thing. There's a lot of Baptists I even know who would say the same thing about that book you hold in your hand. This is the authority, the Word of God. I have no authority tonight. The only authority that I have as the pastor of this church is when I, if I plant both of my feet on the Word of God and I say, the, the A hath God said. This is what God has said. Dad, you don't have any authority in your home other than what the Word of God says you have. That, that, that's just the reality. We are humanists sometimes in, in, in practice because we don't go to the Word of God for our direction. Satan has attacked the authority. Satan has attacked uh, th this foundation. And once that is done away with, then everybody does that which is right in their own eyes. How do you end up in verses 2, 3, and 4? Well, you leave the Scripture. You know, I, 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 I don't want to get too bogged down in this because I do have some things I want to get to tonight. I don't, I don't ever get upset at a lost man being lost. Or an unsaved man acting like an unsaved man. Uh, they do not have the light of Christ in them. They are not converted. That's why we must take them the gospel. But when we leave, when we have the truth, and we will leave it, uh, that is a big problem. And a lot of people are being deceived, but I will say they allow themselves to be deceived because they don't stay grounded in the Word of God. We see in verse number 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration. That word inspiration, I've taught this to you before, means God breathed. God breathed life into His Word. Say, Pastor, can you explain all, all that that is? I can't explain all that it is. But, I, but by faith, I believe that God breathed into the Word of God, just like He breathed into Adam, 
when he had formed him as that first man and he breathed the breath of life in him, he has breathed the breath of life into the Word of God. Those that would say today, well, the Bible is just like any other book. I don't see people burning other books. I am an avid reader, as you know. And uh, Amazon gift cards, by the way. I'm, I'm an avid, I am an, no, I'm an avid reader, as you know. And there are times if I know I'm going to be at a certain place for a while, that sort of thing, I'll take books with me. I go on a trip, I'll take books for me, and sometimes I'll be walking to the airport and I'll have a book in my hand. And there are a lot of people who come to me, I can't tell you how many times, usually it's a history book, and they say, is that any good? And a conversation starts. But there are times when I have my Bible and I'm carrying my Bible. If you ever travel and you need to get from one gate to another very, very quickly, Oh, my goodness, I've got 22 minutes to connect in Atlanta. If, if you've traveled to Atlanta, you know exactly what's going on. I don't know how. When I have, this is, has nothing to do with the Bible study. Why is it when I have a three-hour connection, I get off of A34, and my next flight is A32? But when I have 12 minutes, I have to go from A to T. I, 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 don't, I don't get that. Anyway, just carry your Bible, and it's like the parting of the Red Sea. You know, if the Bible is like every other book, why do people protest it? Why, why is it banned in our public schools? And the Koran's not. Koran's a, a dead book. This is the Word of God. You say, Pastor, what? You can you can have the Word of you get the Word of God around a lost man, it makes him a little uncomfortable. You get it around a backslidden man, makes him real uncomfortable. Why is that? Because it's the breath of God has made it a It's like a, that two-edged sword. Uh, uh, but we see here, and I've got, I've got to move from that. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed into it. God gave it life. It is the seed of Scripture that brings life. It is the Word of God that changes the heart of men. We find that, that God breathes. So it's, it's God is breathed by God. It's the authority of God. So when Satan attacks it, what is he attacking? He is attacking the words of God. He is attacking the authority of God. See, if God says something, then that's, that settles it. So how do we get men away from following the word of God? We attack the authority of the word of God. We make statements like, well, do we really know that we have a, a perfect Bible? Well, th th that Bible is full of contradictions, and I've still yet to be shown one, but it's full of contradictions. And, well, uh, the, the, in, the, in, the, in the originals, we have the Word of God, and, 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 and I can take you to, to what preservation is, but I don't have time tonight. Uh, we, have, we say all those things. What is it? It's to poke holes in the authority of the Word of God. Because if, if this has contradictions, then I don't have to listen to it. Are you out there tonight? Let me just remind you very quickly. It's given my inspiration of God profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. For doctrine, what we believe. It's the standard of doctrine. How, why, why are we a Baptist church? Because of the Word of God. We get our doctrine from Scripture. I taught, I believe, it was six weeks of that beginning of the year, uh, how, how uh, a label is important. 
What we believe as a Baptist is not just a denominational label. It is a set of beliefs. It is our standard for doctrine. Uh, our our do Doctrine will keep you straight. Doctrine will keep you from the world. Doctrine will keep you grounded and heading in the right direction. It is the standard for doctrine. That is the Word of God. It also, number two, it refutes error. When something is wrong, you have to have a standard of right. Uh, many of you men have worked with, with, with your hands through the years, whether for a living or uh, uh, as a hobby. Uh, you, you, you know what a level is. Uh, you know what a, a, um, a that's all I know. Uh, you, you know what a level is. You know, you know what a tape measure is. Uh, what, what is it? Would you have to have a standard? I don't, I don't see, Brother Warden's not here. I, I did when I was in high school. Just out of high school, I worked for him in his cabinet shop. That's why he's so skilled in, in, uh, in his labor. And so he like measured. I said, I just eyeball it. I can tell. And I do that just to aggravate him. He's like, to go get the go get the tape measure. And I was like, you 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 cut twice and you measure once, right? Is that how you do it? And if you don't know what that means, then don't worry about it. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna eyeball that. Oh no, you have to measure it. Why? Because there's a standard. You put, how do you know what is 33 and a quarter inches? The standard tells you. How do you know if something's level? Well, yep, that about does it. Not for a craftsman. He puts that level on there, and it's got to be perfect. Why? Because that's the standard. Why do we have, how do we know if we are right in our position, right in our beliefs, right in our living? There has to be a standard. And that's what the scripture tells us. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction. It, it refutes error. Uh, thirdly, it is, in, it is the uh, infallible standard of right and wrong. What defines right? What defines wrong? The Bible does. Uh, I don't. Mom doesn't. You don't. The Bible does. That, the, you know, Hollywood doesn't. The Disney Channel doesn't. The public school system doesn't. Government doesn't. I could go on and on and on and on. What defines right and wrong? The Scripture does. That's why, Mom and Dad, you need to be in the Scripture. Is there any? Is, is, are we surprised by the fact that those would attack the authority of the Word of God and stay under the umbrella of religion, have no problem with verses 2, 3, and 4 being the standard of living? Why is it? Because if this book has no authority, I decide what is right and wrong. For a pastor to say that when it comes to homosexuality, that ship has sailed, we just need to, to figure out the new standard, that is contrary to the Word of God. But if this is not the authority, then we decide. We don't want anybody to feel unloved. We don't want... The love of Christ overlooks all things. Well, in context, those two statements are, are true statements. 
But the, God is a God of love, and He's a God of holiness too. He loves us in spite of our unholiness, but just because He loves us doesn't mean He doesn't expect us to reach the standard of holiness. You know, those that would say that, I wonder if they practice that with their own children. Do whatever you want to do, and I'll still love you. I want you to feel welcome here at home. That's not the way. It, it, it's, it's, it's a double standard. They don't really believe that. So it is the standard of what is right, it is the, the, it, and it's infallible. Why do you throw that word infallible in there? It, it never changes. It's not wrong. What was right 50 years ago is still right. What was wrong 50 years ago is still wrong. What the Bible defines as right, it's still in there. Just because we live in 2018 and we want to overlook some things or we don't want to major on that which is minor, and I use quotation marks, uh, in the Word of God. I'm still looking for that. I've found minor prophets, but I don't think that's really the connotation of, of minor prophets in the Bible. Uh, we, we, that which is minor, I want to major on that. Uh, things, the Bible is still infallible. Just because society has changed and things that are, are normal now doesn't mean they're right. Or they're accepted now doesn't mean they're right because Scripture is infallible. Fourthly, it is the instruction in righteousness. How do we know what we're supposed to do next? The Bible tells us. It is our, it is our instruction in righteousness. As I mentioned Sunday night in my message Sunday night, as a Christian, we're to never stop growing. We can always grow closer to Christ. How do we continue to learn? I've been saved for 40 years. How do I continue to grow? The same way you grew the first week you were saved. From the Word of God. It's instruction in righteousness. This is how, Timothy, this is how you, you're going to recognize two, verses 2, 3, and 4. This is how you stay out of verses 2, 3, and 4. You continue to be instructed in righteousness. You take a quote-unquote book and you slap the words Holy Bible on it. Uh, if it is not authored by the Holy Spirit of God, if it is not God-breathed, inspired, it has no life. The, 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 the power of God is what brings a, a dead man to life, an unsaved man to a saved man. It's still that supernatural book that helps us grow because we have the Holy Spirit of God that indwells within us that helps us overcome our flesh. It is the Word of God. That's why when I read the... I just don't understand the Bible. Well, if you get saved, and the more you give yourself to the Holy Spirit of God, the more you're going to understand the book He wrote. If it's a book He has nothing to do, say, well, it's just, it just makes it easier to read. This is written on a fifth-grade education. Why is it that all these scholars and educators can't read it? I can't answer that question. It's too difficult for them. If this, this is too difficult for them to read, why in the world do I want to get my doctrine from them? Why do I want to get my standard of living from them? Uh, it is instruction in righteousness, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I taught from this passage a few years ago. Thoroughly furnished, mean, illustrated, if you have an empty house, you have furniture in it. 
Once saved, always saved. Somebody can be saved and they can never grow as a Christian. They're missing out, but they're still saved. The Word of God gives us the doctrine. It puts furniture in our house. It gives us instruction. It puts furniture in our house. We're thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We can do works because we have the... We've been furnished to do so from the Word of God. Oh, you're just legal. No, 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 it's not, it has nothing to do. Nobody's adding anything to salvation. We just want to add furniture to our house so that we can do more good works for God, so that we can do more for God. But if you take that away, the standard of holiness drops. Let me read this quote to you, see if you, any of this sounds familiar. This is, uh, you may have read this. This was in the Fox News opinion recently by Andy Stanley. Uh, and this is what he gives, gives five reasons people leave the church. I'm only going to touch on the first one tonight because it ties into this. He, he, he says, I've talked to, listened to, and read interviews, blogs, and books by dozens of folks who've left the Christian faith. I've yet to hear a story from anyone who abandoned Christianity based on anything directly related to Christianity, at least the original version anyway. The decline of Christianity in America, the popularity of the new atheists, and the meteoric rise of the nuns, uh, what he's referring to is are you, you know, you go to the doctor, are you a Catholic, a Methodist, a Baptist, and they check none. They're, they're proudly not affiliated at all. Underscore something that's been true for generations, but didn't matter much until now. Many expressions of Christianity are fatally flawed. Many people see Christianity as anti-intellectual, overly simplistic, and easily discredited. I'll stop there, but immediately comes to mind when they looked at those apostles and it confused them because they perceived them to be ignorant and unlearned men. For decades, college professors with biases against religion have found Christian freshmen easy targets. Much of what makes American Christianity so resistible to those outside the faith are things we should have been resisting all along. While many of us have been working hard to make church more interesting, it turns out that fewer people are actually interested. Then he goes into five reasons people are leaving the church. It's anti-intellectual, overly simplistic, and easily discredited goes right into this, well, why are they leaving? Many are leaving because they've never been converted. They've never had it. But he tells the first reason, this is what we get into tonight, five reasons why people leave the church. The first was we tell people that the Bible is the basis of Christianity. Then he quotes this song, see if you recognize it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He goes on to say, it's a line that many who grow up in the church know by heart. And it reflects a problem in modern American Christianity. Let me point something out. The fact that he would refer to it as modern American Christianity shows that he has no concept of, of Christianity. He has no concept of the Bible. It's not a modern American Christianity version. And then there's only one version. And if it's not the original version, it's not Christianity. Many, this is the problem, he says, many of us believe that the Bible is the foundation of our religion. I recently read a blog post by a former worship leader who left the faith after she read a book proving contradictions in the Bible. 
Apparently, she grew up believing the foundation of our faith is a non-contradicting book. There's so much wrong with that paragraph right there. It says, uh, besides the fact that it was a she that was a worship leader, but that's a whole other story. She read after a book proving contradictions in the Bible. He states that as fact. She read a book proving contradictions in the Bible. Friend, there is no contradictions in the Word of God. Well, I don't, I don't know how this lines up with this. You better study a whole lot more. You better pray and ask the Holy Spirit of God to, to show you because there are no... Well, there could be. If there are contradictions in Scripture, you're not saved and I'm not saved. It's, it's that simple. It says, it, proving contradictions in the Bible. Apparently, she grew up believing the foundation of our faith is a non-contradicting book. This poor, misguided worship leader grew up oppressed, being taught in Sunday school that her faith, the foundation of our faith, is in the Bible, and there's no contradictions. But she's been enlightened now. because She read a book that says, this is also the man who... I don't have time to teach all of the heresies. I, I, if he believes half of what he says he believes, he can't be saved uh, about, about so many things. But this, we'll stick with this. Proving con- apparently faith is in a non-contradicting book. Listen to this. It's not. Jesus is. When our faith stands on anything other than Christ, we put ourselves and others in position to fall. Notice what he is saying, and, and tie this, we can tie this in, what I've taught you, we don't follow the church, we just follow Christ. It says, it's our faith, our foundation is not the Bible, it's Jesus. You cannot separate Jesus from the Bible. The problem is this song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. How many of you believe Jesus loves you? How'd you find that out? The Bible told you so. The Bible told you so. Uh, You you weren't walking, skipping through the meadows one day, looking up at the sky, and it was written into the clouds. No, that's not how it happened. And the Jesus he's referring to is not the Jesus of the Bible. Because he, I am the Word... You cannot separate Christ. Well, he is, that sounds so good. He is our foundation. Somewhere in there it says something about where God puts the Word even above the name. The Word of God is elevated. Where do we find out about the Lord Jesus Christ? It's from the Word of God. It, this is not the foundation Jesus is. Well, our our faith is in Christ. Our salvation comes from Christ's sacrifice. He is the Savior. We all believe that, but how do we know that? It's, it's, It's because of Scripture. It's because of the truth of Scripture. It's because we believe Scripture. How are you convicted of sin? Yes, the Holy Spirit convicted your heart, but somebody showed you the Bible, and you believe the Bible when it said, you're going you're gonna to burn in hell for your sins. But you also believe the Bible when it said, 
that Jesus was the Son of God. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified, buried, and rose again victorious. And all you have to do is believe on Him. You believe the Bible when it said that. And therefore, that's how you came to a point of salvation. Making a decision for Christ is based on what the Bible has said. See, when you remove or throw out the Bible, you throw out the revelation of Jesus Christ. Leaving finite, sinful men to craft their own version of who Jesus is. Let me read that again. When you remove or throw out the Bible, you throw out the revelation of Jesus Christ. Leaving finite, sinful men to craft their own version of who Jesus is. See, we got to be very, very careful not to let people put doubt in the Word of God. I'm out of time. Satan has been attacking Scripture. Say, a very simple, simple thought tonight. How do we, how, verses 2, 3, and 4. And Pastor, you taught recently on that some will leave the faith. Why does that happen? They leave Scripture. You, you want to know how you stay faithful till, till Jesus calls you home? Stay in the Bible. Stay in a church that preaches the Bible. You know, I, I like ministries, I like programs, and I think they're good. I, mean, I mentioned the, the volleyball last night, and, and, and these kids are in, in, in team soul winning and, 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 and singing, and there's all kinds of things we have going on. Uh, but the most important thing that takes place in this church is the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, because that's what's going to keep us grounded. And these guys who sell all their books and they want to sound so smart, they're ever learning and never able to come to the truth. Because if you don't have this book, you don't have a foundation. You don't have an authority. Uh, and to say, uh, well, well uh, the, the, she read the book that contradicted scriptures and, and she was enlightened. No, she's not been enlightened. She's been deceived. Been deceived. Uh, how many times have I had discussions with Christians and they begin to Doubt their salvation. I, I, this is a whole other lesson to teach on, but there's a lot of reasons why you might doubt your salvation. One, your walk with God isn't what it should be. Uh, the devil puts fear and doubts. What do I do as a pastor? I open the Word of God and I go to the Scripture. And say, what are you putting your faith in? I'm putting my faith in what the Bible says. I don't even have to feel saved. Can I say that tonight? To be saved? So how can you say that? Because the Bible says, all I got to do is put my faith on the finished work of Christ, and I'm saved. It's what the Bible said. You ever been burden you've ever ever faced fear challenges in life valleys what gets you through the valley scripture there are times you'll go through life as a Christian and the fellowship of the brethren will help you only so much but it will not get you through the night how do you get through it there's only one way to get through it the words of men are just a dull echo when you're in this valley. But what do you do? You open the word of God. And when God says, 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You hold to that. When the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you hold to that. What happens to Christians who don't have an authority they can run to in their darkest hours and say, I, I can't believe man in this situation. My fears are too even big for me to convince myself. But I can hold go to the scripture. I can believe God. Parents, how wicked is this world that we have to rear our kids in? Used to be you had to go find the filth of this world. Now there are so many, uh, the technology is such, it comes in so many different forms and fashions. As a parent, it's a frightening thing. What do we, how do we know we're, we're doing what needs to be done? Ultimately, our children, they have to make decisions one day. But what do we do? We go to the Word of God and say, well, God, this is what you said to do. So I'm going to believe what you said. I'm going to hold to that. When you lose a loved one, how do you know you're going to see them again? Because you go to the Scriptures and you say, well, God, I believe you. See, Satan is very, very sly to, to, to try and undermine the authority of God's Word. One, because of sal salvation. There, there, there will be many who say, Lord, Lord. And they'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. And they went to religious services. They went to church. But they never believed what the Bible said because somebody told them they didn't have to put their, that book. We can't know if it's really. It has contradictions in it. Do you want to begin your relationship with Christ? Well, absolutely I do. Check right here. What do I do in my darkest hours? Do I go to the scripture? Well, well we don't even know if that's really the Bible. Friend, that's how, 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 how discouraging. No wonder they got to work themselves up and say, it's your best life now. Everything's going to be okay. No wonder they've got to do that because there's nothing they can anchor their soul to and say, I know no matter what takes place, this is true. Christian, your world could fall apart all around you. But you hold to the scripture because you know it's true. You know, this world is worse worse. I know the day's coming. That trumpet's going to sound. The Bible says so. Where are our loved ones that go on before us, those that are saved? Oh, they're in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because God said. Because God said. Don't let, don't let Satan put a doubt in your mind about Scripture. Stay out of verse 2, 3, 4. Let's not have a form without a filling. How do we know all about that? He says, Timothy, you better just continue. Continue in what? The things that thou hast known taught from a child the holy scriptures. Christian, hold to the word of God. Hold to the word of God. Hold to the word of God. 